Lightning fans, you've found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Happy Super Bowl weekend. Welcome back to the LightningInsider.com podcast. Eric Erlinson here from LightningInsider.com on a rainy Saturday afternoon because, yes, it was a matinee edition of the Tampa Bay Lightning who opened up a four-game road trip against the Western Conference-leading Dallas Stars and picked up a key 3-1 victory, got things off on the right foot on this road trip because, as I mentioned in the last one, this is not an easy trip. Started, obviously, with this one here against the Stars who are leading the Western Conference. You've got Colorado coming up on Tuesday. We'll talk about that game a little bit towards the tail end of this. Uh, You're at Arizona, which uh, has been a tough place, really, for Tampa Bay to to find some consistent wins over the past couple of years. There's been some uh, ugly losses uh, in Arizona, although they are in a new building at uh, the Mullet Arena, but uh, we'll get into that one. Uh, a little bit more as we get closer to that game next week. And it finishes up a a week from today as I record this against the Vegas Golden Knights, who are also uh, near the top of the Western Conference standing, currently lead the Pacific Division as we speak, although they are going to be without their number one goaltender, Logan Thompson, who was injured uh, and is now listed as week-to-week. So it's uh, highly doubtful that he plays uh, when these two teams meet on Saturday. But... Uh, Again, starting off the road trip with a very, very good win. Not necessarily played well. You know, it's another one of those games where they maybe didn't have their skates under them, kind of weren't prepped and ready to go from the start of the game. Uh, I I take that back. They actually started pretty well. I believe they were up in shots at 1.51. Ended up taking a, a penalty. And as we see many times, a penalty killed whatever momentum and they were never able to really get it back for the first two periods you know this was a game where the stars had ton of possession time in the first two periods ton of uh, shot possession ton of scoring chance possession ton of expected goals possession all of that heavily favored the dallas stars Uh, even after tampa bay managed to open the scoring Anthony Sorelli with a nice move to uh, tuck a backhand in between the skate of Scott Wedgwood and the post uh, off of a nice feed from Brandon Hagel as those two continue to connect and play well together. Um, But Dallas came back. They got a a three-on-one break off of uh, an ill-timed move down from the point and a ill-advised pass by Ross Colton that was geared towards Eric Chernak. Uh, Jamie Benn ended up picking the, the pass off and leading a 3-on-1 the other, three on one the other way uh, to tie the game. Uh, Dallas had another 3-on-1 just after that when Mikhail Sergachev shot got blocked. Uh, led uh, Cal Foote. Uh, credit to Cal Foote who uh, ended up blocking the shot attempt on this one. A well-timed uh, drop to the ice to take away the shot attempt uh, in that situation. So that one was thwarted. Uh, but there were a couple of uh, moments where the lighting kind of gave up, you know, too much space, too much ice. 
gave up the puck too easily. A lot of times they were uh, not getting out of their zone very clean at all. A lot of uh, uh, plays along the wall ended up going to, in Dallas's favor uh, to be able to keep the puck in the zone, and that put Tampa Bay under some pressure at times for the first two period. But we know how this team can be. Uh, they can frustrate you watching them as a fan, right, because you're watching those first two periods and you're asking yourself, Self, how could they beat Colorado 5 to nothing and come back and not look like they learned anything from that game or had anything to even build off in that game? And it was still 1-1. A lot of that is thanks to Andre Vasilevsky, who once again was really good. His his game has really come to life. Um, and, and I say that because, much like the team, you know, he did not get off to a great start to open the season. Right? His numbers weren't pretty. You know, somewhat deep in the season, at least by his standards, he had a save percentage under 900. We are not accustomed to seeing that but he leads the league and wins since December the 1st he's coming off that shutout the other night against Colorado where he was really good he was really good again today probably Dallas probably deserved you know a couple of more goals even in just the first period alone uh, but he was there to make the saves as he can do and he kept his team in the game and when you have, again, it's, it's not a secret formula to some of the Lightning success here over the past number of years, that when you have a goalie who can do what Andre Vasilevsky does for you and you have the game breakers that this team has, if your goalie can keep you in the game, you've got a good chance to win it. And that's the case in this one. But it, it, it was, it's not all him. It's a team game. He's an important element to what they do. So he kept his team in the game. The third period that this team played against a pretty good third-period team, you know, Dallas had a plus, I think, plus 27 goal differential in the third period this year. Plus 27. A really good third-period team, which kind of belies a little bit of what their record is when tied after two periods. So it tells you they know how to put teams away. But when tied after two periods going into this game, they were 6-6-6. But the Lightning went out and played however they played in the first two periods, the third was the complete opposite. They were the team that were dominating the puck position. They were the team that was hungrier on pucks. They were the team that was digging in and winning faceoffs. They were the team that was designating zone time or, or gaining zone time and, 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 and putting Dallas back on their heels and making them defend because it wasn't that way the first two periods. And that's the sign of a team. Again, no Nick Paul today. But that is definitely the sign of a team that understands, okay, we haven't been at our best. Our goalie has kept us in it. Let's go reward him. And they they change their, their ability to go out and, and win puck battles and, and win races to pucks and uh, everything else. It's, you know, if you, if you listen to uh, me and Chief, the word of the day was wantonness, if that is indeed a word. Uh, but there was definitely a, a bit 
different of a compete level and a desire to go out and win that game. Not that not that it wasn't there to begin. I People like to twist uh, those words sometimes and say, oh, see, they didn't want to start the game. They didn't want to win the game to start. That's not the case. They weren't playing at their best, and they didn't put themselves in the best position to win the game. But they did in the third. And particularly, the deeper that game went on in the third period, the better Tampa Bay got. The more possession they had, the more chances they had, the less time they were spending in their own zone and the more time they were spending in the offensive zone. They just got better and better as that third period went on. And again, Dallas is a plus 27 goal differential in the third period. And the Lightning took it to them. And the Lightning aren't a a bad team in the third period. Their goal differential was plus six coming into this one. You know, they were 10 and six, 10 and five when tied after two periods. They're a really good team in in those situations. I know we've uh, talked about that and I've written about that plenty of times uh, throughout the course of the season, how good they are in those type of games. And they went out and they won the game. It's a really good play. Again, under a minute to once again steal a phrase from Brian Engblom, color analyst for the broadcast on Valley Sports. Love, love listening to Brian. Love talking to Brian. He really gives you great insights on a lot of things. And he uses this phrase a lot. They're comfortable being uncomfortable. Because, let's face it, in, in the third period of a tie game, you don't want to be a team that makes the mistake that costs you the game. Right? Almost did the other night against San Jose. But you don't want to be that team. Right? You don't want to be that guy who makes the critical mistake late in games that costs you at least a point. And they got better as this game went on. And on the winning goal, again, weren't afraid to put pucks towards net. Weren't afraid to put themselves in position to try and make a play, but, you know, not a risky play. And Victor Hedman, being Victor Hedman, reads the play, sees an opportunity to grab a puck, And instead of shooting it from the circle, he takes it around behind the back of the net and tries a wraparound. Couldn't quite get his stick all the way around it. He said after the game he was a little bit off balance on the play. But he managed to find a way to put the puck in an area to get it into the crease area and try and make a play. And he did. Anthony Sorelli, being Anthony Sorelli, is on the um, on the other end of that. He has a stick in position, and he read what Victor Hedman was doing, and was able to kind of you know poke it uh, into the net with his backhand. And ends up being the winning goal with under a minute to go. And Brandon Hagel again added the empty netter uh, with under a second left to go on the clock. Uh, but you know, big moments. Big moments, rising to the occasion, understanding uh, how to how to make plays, how to put yourself in position to win a game. 
And after two periods, tied 1-1. When they weren't at their best, they put their best skate forward. And, and now we'll get to enjoy a couple of days in Dallas before they head to Colorado. Um, you know, you've got a night free tonight in Dallas. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, they'll practice on Monday in Dallas before they fly to Colorado and get ready to take on the Avalanche uh, on Tuesday night. So a couple of days here uh, to kind of you know, catch your breath. Four games in six days coming out of the break. Actually, four games in, in five and a half days because of the afternoon start. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll catch their breath here for a little bit. Uh, and, you know, as, as <laughs> just I'm just thinking back to Tuesday night when they were not able to hold on to that 3-1 lead against San Jose and everybody running around thinking the sky is falling once again because they were not very good in sunrise, uh, couldn't hold the lead uh, against San Jose. And, and now they finish, they finish this week eight possible points on the table, they get five. I think you take five out of eight points, right? You take five points out of every four games, you're, you're in the playoffs, you do that. So, like, you can't... That's why I say sometimes it can be hard uh, to be somebody who reports on this team with some of the instant reactions that I receive that not every loss is embarrassing and not every loss means that the sky is falling. Again, you, you, you have to let things play out. Two games does not a season make. And, and this team, over the past handful of years, should have earned the benefit of the doubt in these situations. I know. There's a lot of people who still look at that scar from 2019 and think that everything relates to that. You know, to which I always ask, would you not take... The two Stanley Cups? Would you not take the two championships and trade them in place of that sweep against Columbus? It hurt at the time. It hurt for a full year. Actually, even longer than that, it hurt. And I get it, but like this team, don't judge them on, on two games where they don't get the results. You know, every once in a while you have an embarrassing effort. It happens. There's 82 games in the season. So here they are now once again. Points in three straight games. They snap a three-game road losing streak. They improved to 13-12 and 12 on the road. The road struggles uh, have been there. They certainly showed up in the first two periods of this game. Uh, one of the things that I had a chance to talk to Pat Maroon about before the team left town about their road games was they want to get off to better starts. And for the first six minutes today, they did. And then for the next 26 minutes, 36 minutes, they did not. 34 minutes, I guess, actually. There's my math coming into play again. But the third period, they, they came out with a determined effort in the third period and, and found a way to win themselves a game where maybe you didn't think was going to happen uh, with the way that the first two periods went. But that's, that's hockey. That's hockey sometimes. You know, that's why you, there's, there's three periods. That's why there's 60 minutes of play to, to get through before you get to the end. 
And uh, again, winning the game with under a minute left on the clock on Anthony Sorelli's uh, game-winning goal. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. Uh, Victor Hedman, career assist number 500. The third player in franchise history to record 500 career assists. He's just the, I can't believe this, he's just the 33rd defenseman all time to reach the milestone. He's the fifth active defenseman. Eric Carlson, Ryan Suter, Brent Burns, also among those, Chris Letang, have all reached 500 career assists. He's the third fastest active player to do it. Only Carlson and uh, Latang did it in fewer games. 33rd player. It, it really, it really, it's it's right up there with Steven Stamkos becoming the 47th player to record 500 goals. You marvel at how few players in the history of the game have reached these type of milestones. 500 career assists. It's a lot of assists for a defenseman. Usually your sentiment of the guys racking up the assists, right? Steven Stamkos hit 500 career assists earlier this year. So congratulations to Victor, whose plaque will be in the Hall of Fame one day. His number will be raised to the rafters inside Amelie Arena one day. He will be named at some point to the Lightning Hall of Fame. Uh, That's new this year, by the way, if you haven't been following that one, the... uh, The inauguration is is set for uh, the weekend of March 16th through the 19th. Uh, So keep that on your calendar when the first induction ceremonies are going to take place. Obviously, Marty St. Louis and Vinny LeCavalier, who already have their numbers in the rafters, will be included in that class uh, along with uh, one or two other uh, individuals uh, who were voted on uh, to join Vinny and Marty in the first class of the Lightning Hall of Fame. Uh, so Victor Hedman will find his name there uh, at some point when his career is over, but he's still, you know, he's 32 years old. He's only 32 years old, and the way he skates, I know there's been a lot of miles on him, a lot of miles in those skates, but the way he skates, it's such an efficient form of skating that you just feel he could skate forever and play forever. Uh, so he's got a lot more in him at this point of his career, uh, so not saying he's going to get 500 more assists. There's only two defensemen who have ever recorded a thousand assists uh, in their career, uh, so I don't think he's going to get to that mark by any stretch. But you know, he is uh, he is still at the peak of his career, and a major, major milestone for him to hit uh, today in this game with career assist number 500 and doing it on a, an important goal. Uh, a nice play uh, by him uh, and the team to set all of that up uh, and pull out this victory against um, against Dallas here uh, in the, an afternoon affair uh, at American Airlines Arena. Again, starting off a road trip with a key victory. Um, 3-1 over the Stars. They next face 
Again, Colorado on Tuesday. They just face the Avalanche. Obviously, the Avalanche finish up their road trip in Florida on Saturday night. Obviously, I'm recording this after Saturday afternoon's game for Tampa Bay uh, in Dallas. So there's more to uh, uh, for Dallas or for Colorado to finish off before they head home for their. <laughs> they got one game at home. They go right back out on the road uh, uh, to face Minnesota. Uh, as soon as they were done with Tampa Bay. So, um, again, just saw the Avalanche. Did not see Kale McCarr in that game. We expect, or it is expected, that Kale McCarr could be ready to play uh, for that game on Tuesday. He he is not with the team. He did go back home, but I uh, did see some video of him skating on his own back in Denver, so that's a good indication that he could be back. Josh Manson, who's uh, missed some time as well, wasn't in that game uh, on Thursday against Tampa Bay, will also uh, expected to be back. Uh, he's been on injury reserve. Uh, the Avalanche put Dryden Hunt uh, on waivers, which uh, indicates that Josh Manson is uh, ready to return uh, to the lineup uh, by the time they get there on Tuesday. Again, going back to Tuesday, or Thursday's game against Colorado, the scoreboard was dominant. It wasn't a dominant game from Tampa Bay by any stretch. Again, Andre Vasilevsky being Andre Vasilevsky uh, kept his team uh, or made the saves in that game. You know, it wasn't like this one today where Dallas really had a lot of the puck possession. The puck possession was pretty even uh, for both sides in a lot of ways, and Andre Vasilevsky made the saves when he had to, and then the Lightning capitalized on a couple of opportunities uh, in that game. Uh, I I don't expect we're going to see the same type of game Always curious how the team responds to being in Denver. The atmosphere, the altitude is a real thing. You know, they actually, they, they, they've done a lot of studies on these, and, and this was a big topic for Tampa Bay last year in the Stanley Cup Final, heading into Game 2, right? Game 1 went to overtime, and then the lighting... You know, we're in the city for a couple of days, and the the altitude caught up with them. You know, the Colorado players obviously are accustomed to it. The visiting teams are not. It is a home ice advantage. There's no doubt. It's one of the true type of home ice advantages there are in the league. Because the altitude does have an effect on you. You know, you talk to players. You know, your your lungs... Take time to adjust to it. In a couple of days, there's not enough time to adjust to it. So it's a big reason why the Lightning are staying in Dallas for a couple of days rather than going to Denver right away. You want to get in and get out. And that's the approach here in this case to uh, to take the extra day uh, in stop number one and then get into Denver uh, at some point to Monday evening, Monday late afternoon, uh, so you're not even there for 24 hours. You don't let the altitude have as much effect on you as it could be if you spend a little bit more time um, in the city. So we'll see how the lighting uh, are affected by that and, and deal with that situation. Uh, pierre Edward Belmar has talked about it. I've had those conversations with him as somebody who played in Denver for a couple of years. Uh, expect Nick Paul to be back and ready to play uh, if everything goes well. John Cooper had mentioned that, that uh, he was day-to-day and, you know, he didn't play today. He called him doubtful for today, but he he thought that by the time uh, Tuesday came around that he'd be ready to return. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that for practice 
on Monday before the team heads to Denver to face the Avalanche. Uh, first half um, of a back-to-back. They're in Arizona on Wednesday. We'll talk about that game after Tuesday's game. So that'll be my next little uh, podcast recap. will be after Tuesday's game, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about Denver uh, and the Avalanche, and we'll set things up for the Arizona game as well. Again, Tampa Bay with a key victory, 2-1. to one. Sorry, 3-1 to one over the Dallas Stars, a late empty netter from Brandon Hagel, a couple from Anthony Sorelli. Uh, if you're not a subscriber to my website, it supports me. Even if uh, you know it, you don't read it, if you want to support me because it helps me keep doing these podcasts and everything else it is that I do that surround this team at a time where there's less and less coverage available uh, for this team, um, you know, it helps me stay involved in it as much as I can. You know, with what it is that I do, whether it's written work or this podcast work or the radio work that I do uh, as well for the team. So if, if you're not a subscriber already, podcast is the code. If you use that when you sign up for a yearly subscription, even a yearly renewal, you'll get $10 off uh, the upcoming year just by putting in the code podcast. Um, if you sign up at lightninginsider.com, that's the website. The radio work, again, me and Chief will be back with the pregame skate show. You can listen to that on 102.5 HD2, that's the strike, or on Lightning Radio 24-7, which you can get on the brand-new Lightning app, the official team app. Uh, Pick it up at the Google Play Store if you're on Android or on Apple App Store if you have an iPhone uh, or an Apple product. Uh, That's where you can listen to it. They're always streaming there, so we'll be on the air. It's 9 o'clock puck drop. We'll be on the air at 8 o'clock to get you ready for the game and then we'll have the last call after you can listen to that locally on 102.5 the bone again me and chief have you covered recap the game uh, and set up the next night's game as well all right as always i appreciate you listening enjoy the super bowl enjoy the commercials enjoy the game thanks for listening we'll talk soon Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.